Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and yours doing well, and I want to thank you for joining me. Joining me and my guest, Kosti Hinn. I'm sure that these programs have uh, been of great interest to you, and I trust an encouragement to you as well. They have certainly encouraged me. And Kosti, in our last program, we, we kind of ended by talking about Second Timothy 3.12, when the Apostle Paul talks about those who are deceiving and being deceived. And we, we got into that a little bit, but didn't have enough time to really flesh it out as much as I'd wanted to. But um, we had mentioned that that there are clearly some bottom feet, what I call bottom feeders of the word faith prosperity movement, uh, guys like Robert Tilton. And, and uh, I mean, he's almost just become, become just a, a punchline now, but uh, Don Stewart, Peter Popoff, some of those guys that are just out-and-out frauds, but but there are some others, and uh, I've always told people, and I think uh, your uncle would be a pretty good example of it, of Second Timothy 3.12, that those they are actively deceiving, and yet at some level being deceived themselves. Uh, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. And uh, just for context, uh, I wrote my master's thesis on your uncle, on Benny, and uh, detailed some of the the just many, many, many uh, falsehoods and lies that he's told about major events in his own life and ministry. And have you heard the one, just out of curiosity, we hadn't even talked about this, Cosby, but have you heard the one uh, where he claims to have gone into a hospital in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, and he claims to have healed everybody in the hospital. Are you aware of that claim? Yeah, I heard I heard that one, and um, yeah, I've done quite a bit of research as well. Probably after my true conversion, and uh, objectively see that, that some of that was a little bit, if not a lot, uh, fabricated. So, as, as best as we can see, the evidence just isn't there. And I think guys like you have done the research and did the phone calls and really tried to find if anything happened, but. Yeah, I know that story pretty well. Yeah. So there's any any number of things like that. Like the people that he claims that are healed on on the stage at his crusades. Um I've seen a, an interview of your uncle and he said um he said we have five stages of our follow-up when we check with the doctors and we verify these healings. He said we have a whole department that verifies these healings is that what what of what of that what from your own perspective from the inside what is that true do they have a department do they verify the healings or or no yeah i mean growing up i remember um there would be doctors in the front row of crusades and they would have clipboards and they would help out and volunteer their time and so there's no doubt that there have been doctors involved and you know certainly looking at evidences and situations and I would say this though on all of that and I think there's maybe others who, who might who may have said this long before me but just because a doctor verifies something or gives even a positive report at a crusade 
doesn't necessarily mean that a biblical healing has taken place and affect the ones that mirror how Christ healed, which is instant. Um, some may report uh, an improvement, which we know Christ didn't heal people, and then them come back with, hey, the, the disease is in remission, can you do it one more time? Uh, even when he prayed in Mark, you know, for the, the man, the blind man twice. It was, a, it was an object lesson or a teaching lesson for his disciples. But overall, um, yeah, I saw doctors there, and naturally those doctors theologically align with my uncle, yeah. many of them at least, as far as I was in the loop on. And it wasn't uncommon for, you know, one of them I remember, Dr. Don Colbert, he's an ORU grad, and pretty well known in the, in the Christian health kind of doctor world. Yeah, but yeah. plenty of doctors were willing to verify some level of improvement. But I don't need to tell you what NBC has done and what CBC in Canada, the Fifth Estate, what their people have done to go to great lengths to follow up with those who have claimed to have been healed. And they find, I mean, sadly, a lot of people have passed away shortly after. Um, some of them are, are still, or they are even worse than they were. And then, like we've talked about time and time again, uh, both in our friendship together, you and I, and on programs, uh, nothing, nothing about cessation declares biblically that God doesn't heal. Just like you and I got the gospel. You've told me before, you've heard Uncle Benny preach the gospel better than some, some gospel preachers. Yeah. There are moments or could be moments where Christ saves or even heals or something happens to someone, but that does not at all negate the false teaching. It doesn't negate uh, the, the errors within the ministry. It'd be like me or you saying, because we grew up and got the gospel under the, the guise of a false teacher, that that man is off the hook biblically, and they're not. That's just God's mercy in saving people out of these things. Yeah. So I'm not here to say that you know God never did anything or never saved anyone or the gospel was never preached, but 100%. Uh, you and I both know that a doctor can give a positive report uh, in in partnership with these guys who are teaching falsely. They're they're partners, and many of them wealthy doctors that support the ministry. So, yeah, uh, does that make sense? Is that yeah, their assessment. Yeah, it it does. It does make sense. And uh, and uh, I, there's clearly psychosomatic healings that take place when you've got a lot of you're in a closed sure. environment. Uh, rhythmic music, emotional charge music, and you've got thousands of thousands and thousands of people all in the same place. Uh, there, once you get the uh, adrenaline going and the endorphins running, you do feel better. I have no doubt for a little while you do feel better, but it's it's psychosomatic. Yeah. It's not it's not organic. It's not what we read in the New Testament at all. Uh, it's right. it's not what we see That's from right. the lives of the apostles. So, yeah. But uh, all right, well, uh, Costi, I want to spend the the lion's share of our time in this program talking about where this is going. Um, Benny is not nearly as popular domestically now as he was, say, fifteen years ago. It seems like right around the year yeah. two thousand, two thousand one, he was probably at his peak. And uh, then some of these documentaries came out that you mentioned, and 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 um, uh, it's his domestic has been curtailed quite a bit. But he's picked up the slack internationally. Uh, but I have been noticing, I've seen on television, uh, this Jesus conference in Bethel Church. And I say church in the loosest sense of the terms, pastored by Bill Johnson. And Bill Johnson, uh, who's one of the leaders of the New Apostolic Reformation, the same man who 
who endorsed and promoted Todd Bentley, um, is now uh, he and your uncle are are thick as thieves now. He he had your uncle speaking there at the conference. Where tell us where's this going? Are we seeing seeing kind of a melding of of more classical word faith with New Apostolic Reformation, Bill Johnson, and that kind of thing? A hundred percent, absolutely. Um, again, the internet will do the job. This isn't me breaking any new news for anybody. But yeah, the Jesus Conference actually is, he's not my brother-in-law, he's my brother-in-law's brother, if that makes sense. My my sister and my cousin married two brothers, the Culianos boys, and uh, Michael Culianos married Jessica, he's a pastor. And basically, they started. he started the Jesus Conferences down in Orlando, and he's, he's been close with Bill Johnson for some time, and the Bethel crew, one of my sisters, is a, is a prophetess in training at the Signs and Wonders or Supernatural School of Ministry, sorry. My uncle's got the Signs and Wonders School of Ministry. But um, so they all got together, and this past year, they had their first conference. And so Uncle Benny, Bill Johnson, uh, you know, Michael Culianos, I think they invited Reinhard Bonke. He didn't end up showing up. But they had a, a laundry list of these guys that are in the movement. Uh, Kenneth Copeland's granddaughter was there, Jenny. And essentially what you got is, you know, Uncle Benny gets up, and he prophesies, and I've sent you these videos as well. He prophesies yeah. that, you know, the movement that's starting in Orlando is going to go nationwide or global, I think he says. And he references a prophecy from Kenneth Copeland from years and years ago that Kenneth Copeland gave to his ministry, saying, you know, this is going to be a move of God. Orlando, you'll shake the nations to Uncle Benny. What Uncle Benny does is he says, I didn't realize we left Orlando and started traveling the world. And that prophecy never fully came to pass. And now I realize that it's going to happen through Michael and Jessica, his daughter. And mm. they just bought property, and they're going to be basically building, I'm not sure all the details, but they mentioned, you know, they just purchased property, and they're going to grow their ministry now. So what they, what he said is that that's going to be what happens. And, you know, obviously Bethel's involved. They set the tone for the way they're going to do ministry, very, very targeted towards millennials Great music, um, in a sense, not great lyrically, but great sounds for millennials and for young people. Um, it's basically like a hipper version of what Uncle Benny used to do, if that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's V-neck, skinny jeans, and palms for you know for for faith healing and yeah. and the kind of NAR world. And so they're raising up this generation, and then at the same time, this next year, I think the lineup's already on the internet. Uh, the Jesus Conference there in Orlando is going to be Uncle Benny again, but they're bringing Kenneth Copeland this year, which is oh, really funny. Really? Because uh, he was just mentioned. Yeah, Bill's not in the lineup this year. They're going to bring in Kenneth Copeland. And so, wow. Um, you know, Michael Culianos, he's no stranger to this. He's kind of been groomed by Uncle Benny. Him and I traveled together when I worked for Uncle Benny. and um, He's a former golfer, golf pro from University of Florida. I mean, great great golfer, great guy, really nice for, as a person, but got really caught up in this whole movement, almost becoming a, a Benny Hinn protege. And so what he's gone and done is recreate everything. And he copies Uncle Benny really well. You'll see the songs he sings and the way they do things is identical, but with a newer twist. And like oh. I said, it's a more hipster style than white suits and a choir with a, with a 500 voice uh, song singing hymns if that makes sense but right uh, that's kind of where where a lot of this is going 
Right. So Uncle Benny's essentially passing the torch, um, but he's big in Nigeria still. You see him with Pastor Chris, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce other last names, but I think David Odeyepo or yeah, um, right. Basically, they're all on Nigeria's top ten richest pastors list, and so he's over there doing a lot of pastors' conferences and passing the torch everywhere he can to stay relevant. But in all honesty, I think to to kind of solidify his legacy. Uh, because he knows it's winding down, and naturally, news organizations and hopefully, prayerfully, pastors and and men like us and many others. I mean, Pastor John MacArthur and, and countless others are doing the job that we're to do as as leaders or those speaking up in the church on this. So he's definitely fading in popularity, but there's a whole another wave coming, and uh, and we need to be ready. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that is. That's interesting. I, uh, you know, I know Kenneth Copeland and your uncle used to be really close, but I haven't seen them together in eons. When Kenneth Copeland does his Southwest Believers Convention, I'm probably better term Southwest Unbelievers Convention, but when he does that, he um, he's got uh, Creflo Dollar, Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle as his staple. But I haven't seen Kenneth and Benny together in a long time, so that's interesting news that they'll be uh, together once again. I, I'd often wonder if there was some kind of falling out or uh, what happened there, but interesting that their paths are crossing yet once yeah. again all these years later. And uh, yeah. But yeah, you're exactly right. When I saw Benny with Bethel, it, it's exactly what you described. It's this newer hipper version updated same basic same same theology same basic theology and doctrine bad theology and doctrine um just updated you know and like you said with the skinny jeans and um i tell people all the time if you ever need evidence that we live in a fallen world look at you see men wearing skinny jeans but <laughs> oh well <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, be nice. I'm I'm still 32. I'm a millennial too. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. I digress. I digress. But uh, uh, but but it but it is it is yeah. This is um, interesting that we're seeing. And ironically, Bill Johnson is the one who really um, gave a, a full throated endorsement and prophesied over Todd Bentley. And, uh, of course, Todd Bentley was an uh, absolute disaster, is an absolute disaster. And, and uh, ironically, Benny Hinn criticized Todd Bentley, the very man that Bill Johnson prophesied over and endorsed and, and uh, gave his uh, endorsement as, as being a, a modern-day apostle. So it's kind of uh, yeah. strange bedfellows, is it not, with what we see happening here? Yeah, there's a lot of weird crossover, and one of them that comes to mind as well. Do you did you hear about? I'm not sure if it was just you know in California, we tend to be myopic and think that we're the center of the universe, but um, you know the West Coast, a lot goes on here, and you know it can be like a bubble. But Azusa now, did you did you hear about that at all? Yes, I did. I did. I'm glad you brought that up. So, yeah, I sure did hear about it. Yeah. So that was the. Over here, you know, 75,000 strong or whatever they proposed the numbers were. But that was a weird crossover. And I say weird on my end. They thought it was the coolest thing ever in the movement. But, you know, my brother-in-law's brother was there, Michael Culianos, Bill Johnson, Todd White. He's the guy with the dreads that kills everyone on YouTube or supposedly makes limbs grow in parks and stuff. Right. And all 
guys. And then the, the craziest thing on there that I saw was you had these guys from the Catholic Church bowed down and kissed the feet of Lou Engel. Did yes. you remember seeing that? I saw that and, uh, as it happened, yes. And, yeah, and so they're repenting. I mean, and you cross that over to around 2014 when Copeland, uh, you know, Tony Palmer, who's passed away now, a big connection for the Catholic Church and the Pope linked right. to the charismatic renewal, right. links arms with Kenneth Copeland, gets a video from Pope Francis yes. sent to Kenneth Copeland's conference. They speak in tongues the whole bit and pray over him. Yep. And a lot of that, I know that for years and decades, I mean, Catherine Coleman was, was rubbing elbows with the Catholic Church. I understand that. But now more than ever, there's such a mixture. It's all mm-hmm. been put in a blender that if people don't know their Bible and they're biblically illiterate, or they're not in churches being shepherded by true men of God who will protect them and warn them and admonish and teach, people can get swept up so easily in this ecumenical, we're all just going to love each other and put down our differences, and the church suddenly loses its identity. We become so inclusive that our doctrine, everything that Paul told Timothy to watch closely, is now cast aside for... I don't even know what to call it. It's this weird relational thing. And to be honest, it's it's just darkness being darkness. But uh, yeah. that, to me, sums up perfectly the Todd Bentley, Benny Hinn, Bill Johnson, Lou Engel, NAR, just that whole weird uh, mixture mixed in with the Catholic Church. Right. And we need sound doctrine is what we need, and men who will stand up for truth more than ever, men and women, certainly. Yeah. Um, and another thing I'm going to add to that, we need our own music. Um, now, this is just me talking. I know that I mean, we sing hymns at my church, and we're pretty traditional, too. But the one thing that they've done so well is they've targeted an 80 million strong generation of millennials. They've twisted everything with their own doctrine. And why I say we need men and women to raise up, to rise up and stand for truth is you know, we need these Christian colleges like Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Master's College and many others to produce uh, you know, gifted men and women who will who will take music and keep it doctrinal uh, in our generation. We need preaching giants to be trained, you know, pumped out of our seminaries. And we have got to keep targeting the next generation the way these guys are. And for everything they do, we ought to be being really diligent on our end to bring truth. And I, I'm not saying that there isn't guys out there doing that, but... Uh, we keep talking about them, guys like MacArthur and others. They're they're getting older, yeah. And you yeah. Know, there are there are good preachers out there, but you know, guys like Osteen and Bentley and Johnson, these guys are still young, and they're raising up a generation like an army. So, right. Uh, anyway, that's my that's my soapbox speech for this this session. But uh, we no. need to do the job of an evangelist and be doing ministry really well as millennials too. Sound in our doctrine. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad you said that, Costi and. Uh, that that's one of the things I'm asked about frequently in my own teaching sessions and Q and A. People will ask me about, well, what about uh, Hillsong? Uh, what about uh, Jesus Culture? You know, they put out this music, and admittedly, some of yep. some of the songs, not all of them, some of them are train wrecks, doctrinally speaking. But there's they do put out a few that would pass a a, a level of doctrinal orthodoxy, I suppose. But they use that music as a hook. They use that music to get people sucked into their heretical theological system. And when the unsuspecting person sitting out there in the pew 
in our evangelical churches looks up and they see they're they're singing the song and in the fine print down at the bottom of the screen Hillsong or you know Jesus yep. Culture I'm like oh oh I'm gonna check them out and and so it is a I'm glad you said that it's a very very dangerous thing. I really strongly encourage our churches do not sing Hillsong songs or you know Jesus Culture it is a it's one of their one of their most powerful tools to or hooks to get people into their errant system. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm greatly concerned for my children, uh, wondering, you know, how often when they turn on Pandora or the radio or whatever they're listening to, you know, how often are, am I going to have to step in to correct their doctrine and train them? It'd be really nice. You know, I'm not, I'm not much of a singer, so it's not going to be me, but it'd be really nice to see in our generation, see young people rise up and they're not going to be as popular. They won't sell as many albums, but in the Bible church world, in the Orthodox world, the world of sound doctrine, in the true church, we need young men and women who will speak the truth, sing the truth, write lyrics about the truth, who we can trust and we can buy their albums. We can play them in our cars. Our children can watch their music videos or however else they want to present it. But we need that for this next generation more than ever. So, right. Yeah. We sure do. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. And and we're, we're seeing such an emphasis on feelings and emotions of, over and above doctrine and theology. And, and that's why we're seeing this this melding that we've been talking about, this program, this melding of word faith and NAR and IHOP and you know, with the Catholic Church. And, you know, it, it's it's a very, this ecumenism is, is very troublesome. And it can only, this ecumenism can only live and survive in a biblically illiterate culture. Uh, if, right. if people knew their Bibles, if they really did study to show themselves approved unto God, and they knew doctrine and theology, then um, you know people like Bill Johnson and Kenneth Copeland and Benny Hinn and Todd Bentley and, all, and Joel Osteen and you know all these aberrant teachers out there. Uh, they they wouldn't be as popular as they are. They wouldn't have the audience. But it's it's they're really counting on a lack of a lack of biblical knowledge uh, to continue what they're doing. And uh, so uh, yeah, and this blending with um, the Roman Catholic Church and Pope Francis and all that's a uh, very very troubling signs of the times indeed. indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know our time is winding down. I'll, I'll say one more thing on that. Sure. There's no way for the NAR and these self-acclaimed apostles to take authority over people and have that authority not be questioned if people know their Bibles. Right. Because if people understand the Word of God, you can't tell me not to touch the Lord's anointed because I know my Bible and I understand that I'm to weigh the teaching of a New Testament teacher. And you can't tell me, uh, you know, some other random thing that you made up or God might have told you because I know my Bible. And so all of a sudden... Uh, the church becomes a force to be reckoned with the way God intended. And teachers are held accountable, and no one can stand up and falsely teach without being quickly cast aside. And So, yeah, people knowing their Bible is the greatest thing that the church can do right now. Teachers teaching well, yep. and uh, you know, maybe we'll see NAR out of business, although we know that prophetically darkness <laughs> is going to be around for a little while still, but yeah. uh, we need to do a good job still. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right, Costa. Yeah, the the Bible does not paint a pretty picture of the spiritual climate as time goes on. I mean, we this should surprise us. I mean, the Bible says that the time will come when people will no longer endure sound doctrine. And uh, that's exactly what we're seeing. But happily and uh, mercifully, God will always have his remnant. His remnant will always be out there in costume. You're just a beautiful uh, picture of that. God calling you out, uh, plucking a brand from the fire, and and uh, calling his sheep to himself. And so, Costi, I really appreciate your time with us today. So, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. All right. Well, dear friends, thank you for joining me. We have one more program with Costi, and we will talk about... Um, what it's been like for him in, in these past few years uh, with the work that God has done in his own life. I'm looking forward to our next program together. So until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, interested in more teaching resources or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference you may contact him at justinpeters.org